we're going to be doing a preview for the upcoming upcoming game week 23. Um, we'll do a little bit of a wrap on game week 22 to kind of cover what happened during that week, which is still ongoing. We have Leeds and Manchester United still to play in the remaining game of the week. So Go Leeds! Well, Jesse Marsh is gone. <laughs> we'll we'll touch on this later in the podcast, but I think we both have thoughts about this, so we'll kind of shelf that for now. But last week there was um, some fun games going on. Really, I mean, we had, um, I mean, the biggest game of all. I mean, really. City losing was shocking. City Tottenham. Do you not think that other teams beating Arsenal one nil was really bad? I don't know. Equally, I think they both were. I think the interesting thing here, though, is when you look at it, Arsenal was playing Everton. City was playing Tottenham, who was their top five. You know how I feel about Tottenham. You you are making a fair point. You are making a fair point. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I I agree. I agree. We'll just say I agree. I don't know. I don't recall you saying that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, um, Paul, do you want to begin with your wrap up for the week and kind of give us an overview of what happened in game week twenty two? Yep. Um. So we had Leeds losing to Nottingham Forest one nil. Spurs beating City. Arsenal beating Everton. Leicester scoring four goals against Villa. Look at look at them go. Go Foxes, right? And then we had Brentford beat Southampton. Brighton beating Bournemouth with Matoma. FPL asset, baby, pulling off that um, that last-minute winner. Yeah, you missed the hat trick, right? And then we also had Manchester United beat Crystal Palace. Wolves beat Liverpool, which, I mean, Liverpool's form, it's not surprising, but Wolves scoring three goals, that was surprising. That was surprising, but when you look back at the highlights, and on, like, Jurgen Klopp would say, Wolves kind of... It was the grass. No, Paul, you have to remember, they just don't have the financial might to be... Yes, true, 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 true. I mean, it could be purple. Like maybe you're just colorblind. No, I don't think it's purple. Mm. Maybe you're colorblind. We'll get back to that later. But um, yeah, I think that some out of the matches you highlighted, the big ones were Everton and Arsenal, um, and then probably Tottenham and Manchester City. Yeah. Were definitely both fun matches to watch. But um, if you're a Manchester City fan, there's a lot of doubt and a lot of things up in the air currently. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. And what, what we're hinting at here is there's a review that came out from the FA basically saying that City has been you know, falsifying their financial reports to the league over the past seven years or so. So there's an ongoing investigation um, discussing that. So keep an eye out for that. There's rumors of possible point deductions or even some of them throwing out a relegation to the league. 
Pep Guardiola to the USMNT question mark? How many question marks? Whatever. Tell me there's a chance. Manchester City and Arsenal matchup in game week 23. And then we're going to close and wrap on some FPL assets that are interesting with upcoming double game weeks. All right, let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. So we are going to dive into problems and fractures within Liverpool and City and kind of discuss what we both think is kind of brought about, especially Liverpool's quote-unquote downfall and City's bad run of form this year. So starting off with Liverpool, when it really comes down to it, I think this year highlights the fragility of being a top team in the Premier League. If you look at Liverpool this year, I really don't think they've been terrible compared to just regular Premier League standards. I mean, right now they're sitting... What are they in the table, Luke? I have it right here. They are sitting at 10th in the table. We're at 29 points right now. Which, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, they are two wins away from being right outside of Europa League spot. So it's it's bad for their standards of what they've been the last couple of years, but it's not terrible. But there's a reason why it's happened this year. This is true. Um, I think that if you're a Liverpool fan with the standards that they've set up to this point, you have to be highly disappointed and probably quite frustrated as well. That makes sense. I I would totally agree, Luke. I mean, uh, it's it's kind of a fall from grace from what the, for they were. I mean, they were they were Icarus. They were flying with the sun, and then they got too close to the sun, essentially. And that honestly, I think that's just age. There's a lot of age involved. There's a lot. I mean, they've lost key players going into this year. They've had a lot of injuries. I mean, they're attackers. They've had a lot of injuries. But also, if you look at their back line, I mean, they they just haven't defended well this year. Mm-hmm. And really create these rather easy opportunities through their pressing. Without having him in there, it's a big hit for them. I have a good analogy for you, Luke, and you'll love this. Do you think he was their Draymond Green? A little bit. You know, I think it's a little mm-hmm. because Draymond's more focused on defensive aspects of the ball. But my, my, my analogy there is because Draymond. Uh, 
does so many little things for the Warriors, and he's done it forever. And those little things really are hard to notice day in, day out. But whenever you take that away, I think it highlights exactly what's missing, you know? It does. I agree. Um, and it, it is really a good comparison, um, just displaying their importance to both of their Yeah. Teams. And you got to talk about the Warriors on this podcast a little bit, too, so... All right, yeah, move on. Move on. I think one of the biggest stats that compares the difference between 2022 and 2023 for Liverpool is goals per match. In 2022, Liverpool averaged 2.5. As of now, in 2023 season, Liverpool averages 1.7. And then converse to the other side of the ball, you see Liverpool in 2022 conceding 0.7 0.7 goals per match. And now in 2023, they're conceding 1.4 goals per match, which is almost nearly double. It just displays that they're scoring less and they're allowing more goals in. And that is simply just not going to be a good formula that you can sustain over the long term. I mean, the the interesting stat, I think, is that what Darwin Nunez's expected goals are 8.1, and he is sitting at 5. But it, honestly, it feels a lot, a lot more like he's had a l- big chances that he just hasn't converted. I, I feel like that number may not be, maybe somewhere it may be inflated or. I think that Darwin gets in really great positions, and even back when he was at Benfica, he two years ago he severely underperformed his XG. Yeah, this yeah this theory. Performed his XG exponentially low, um, and this year he's underperforming his XG. So maybe last yeah. year, aberration, aberration. Apologies there. Mm. It makes you wonder where is he going to settle out? Is he just going to be this player that gets in great positions and cannot finish? I really, I do hope not, because he does play with a enthusiasm and pride for the game. So. People at home may not be, um, can't see me because we don't record ourselves in video format, but I was raising my hand because I had a question for Luke. Do you think the solution for Liverpool is to get a bona fide stud in their midfield? Do you think that's the fix here or is it just time? Is it, because I mean, they have young talent in different places, like maybe they just need time. just been worn down by Manchester City. You think the years of... I mean, they've been chasing them for what, basically almost six years now. And they've managed to win one title amongst the six years they've been playing extremely well. Maybe one. There may be more now. What do you mean? When City vacate their titles at Kyle... So my point being is that you're constantly chasing, constantly pushing to reach this team that 
really just felt like a force of nature. And Liverpool, in their own respect, were as well. But I think that continual chase and that wear down that just emotionally drains these players. And now you see that City's not competing at necessarily the highest level they were. And Liverpool has just basically dropped off a cliff. Yeah. Continual race to the top just wore down both sides and maybe Liverpool more so. I mean, yeah. I mean, the results obviously um, support your hypothesis there, Luke. You know, they're they're struggling this year. But I mean, I I think if you are a Liverpool fan, there is light around the corner. Really, you got a lot of young talent sitting there. You have a good coach, even if he is annoying as fuck sometimes. And I mean, I I think they're going to be fine in the long run. It's just it's just a dip in form over a sustained period of time, and it'll it'll flip back around. that Liverpool has that you're asking whether it's time or personnel I do think that it's probably time um, the, the time issue just really I think is really what's getting them they, they have to develop these players get into the system, how they play learn how to actually be playing Liverpool style and that's why I don't think Klopp's going anywhere anytime soon I think his system is inherently Liverpool at this point and they're going to ride him out until you know, until he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, I I would agree. I think um, he'll probably either end up retiring there or or riding it out until he's just done coaching. I mean, I, at the, at this point, I think he is part of the ethos of Liverpool, and he fits the club too well. I, I think I just don't see that that partnership ever really ending until they both kind of gotten all they want out of it this, this is one of those things that we've talked about falling right off the podcast before about how we love the way that football gloves really ingrain themselves within communities and almost serve as a a pillar for what the community really stands for mm-hmm. and I think Jurgen Klopp has done that for Liverpool he is that person that represents their personality their lives and their traits and I think a lot of their fans see it, a lot of themselves yeah um, because he's very straightforward um, he tells you like he sees it and he's passionate too yeah if he if he could he'd be out there playing on the pitch with his, with his team but he's not I'll do that so he just yelled at the referee I really did not think we'd end up praising Klopp in this podcast but here we are <laughs> I have a lot of respect for him I don't necessarily even if he is annoying as fuck at times Yeah, I agree with you, Luke. So, you want to pivot to City a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about Arsenal and City in this upcoming major matchup we have um, in game 23. Yeah. Um, so, how do, you, how do you see this one playing out? Um, I think if just analyze, I really haven't had much time to think about it, but just at the top of my head. I really, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal come away with a with a narrow victory over City, just because the form that City's been in and everything surrounding the club right now with the financial stuff going on and the investigation, either 
so teams either react two ways to this. Everybody either bands together and they go on an amazing run, or it kind of just remains neutral. And I don't know. I just feel like City's at the point where I don't know if they even really care about the Premier League that much. Like, I'm just not sure they do. Oh, really? Has he? I mean, look at his team. Shocking. Look at Phil Foden. Or Philip without Foden. Yes, chilling on the bench. But he might be the ripe age of 35 at that point, so. Yeah, how old is he now? He's like 22, 23. I remember. He's still very young. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not a young lad anymore. We're being a bit ridiculous here. But I really do think (laughs) that for a team like City, if they can get three points out of this and put an extreme amount of pressure on Arsenal, then I think they'll probably come away with the title. Yeah. I mean, but the, I mean, it's it's one game, Luke. I mean, we are going into game week twenty three, right? I mean, we have to game week thirty eight. Like, there's still a wide section of the season left. So I don't think this result going either way or the other. I don't think it decides this season. Even if Arsenal do win, I don't think it decides it. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there could be a six-point flip? No, I'm saying right now that if Arsenal beat Brentford, get three points. City lose to Villa, which I highly doubt, but you never know. And then Arsenal go in and beat City. That's a six-point advantage. That's that's what I just said. Right, but I'm just saying. I mean, that puts them. That would put them 11 points ahead of City. Six points. City would be at 45. That's a massive difference. With a game in hand too. Exactly. So I, I see what you're saying, but I. So I, I think the big point here with City is is that, yes, I've said it seems like they don't care in the Premier League this year, but they are, anybody in the Premier League have the ability to decide the last, say, 14 game weeks, we're not losing, we're winning every game. They could do that. You think City, you're saying City can? I think City could. Like, if they, if they do, I don't think they will, but I'm saying that, even if Arsenal do go up 11 points on them with a the game in hand, I don't think it's out of reach. It's an interesting point, too, because if you look at their matchups following game week 23, Arsenal have a pretty good run of fixtures, um, and City are honestly the same. So you yeah. can easily see, you know, post three, four game weeks after this matchup that both are plus 15 from where they're at currently after this game. Yeah, week. I think that's fair. I think the point totals are really going to skyrocket pretty soon from these two sides. Yeah. So if you looking at a side like Manchester United, who are sitting three points behind City right now at 42, they honestly might be a little overperforming, so we'll probably see them revert to me a little bit. But I could see Newcastle making a push, maybe making a three-team race out of it. Mm, interesting. I don't, I don't know if I see that happening, but I, I just don't think Newcastle have the goals in them for that. I think their defense, I think they won't give up goals to allow them to do that, but I don't think they have the goals in them to do that. The ultimate dark horse for pushing for the title, Tottenham Hotspur. Good God. In the beginning of the season, I predicted them coming in first in the division. In the division? In the Premier League. 
So I really just I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I really like the signings they made over the January window. Yeah. Pedro Porro is a right wing back um, who's thought of as one of the bright wing backs in the entirety of Europe. Um, and then bringing in um, Dan Juma, who is going to kind of bolster their attack up front and hopefully push Son to perform a little bit of a higher level. Yep, uh, I'd love to see Son go on a run. I'll bring him back on my FPL team right away. Love that man. Um, so do we want to kind of go more into the FPL perspective now and analyze? Yeah, yeah. We'll um, we'll be back in a minute and we'll dive into that. All right, welcome back. We are now going to dive into the world of FPL and the week that Game Week Twenty Two gave us. So it was a massive week for Everton, like we talked about in the podcast earlier. With that win over Arsenal, Tarkowski pulled in a 15-point haul, which is, I mean, whoever would have thought an Everton center back would pull you in 15 points. Shows you the um, new new change coach boost, right, Luke? New manager boost. Yeah, it's a superpower. Yeah, yeah. We also had Ben Me getting a goal, putting him on 13 points. Um, just some other highlights. Marcus Rashford got 12 points. But if you played that triple captainship, it is looking nice for you right now because you still have another game that's going to be played tomorrow. And who knows what Rashford's going to do in that game because they're playing Leeds back line. So I'm so happy about that. Let me see. Jerry, do, I, how dare you play that triple captainship? It's all right. I think uh, it was a smart pick. It was. I respect it. Hopefully we can bounce back. Salute. Yeah, but um, other people, a couple that stand out because they were on my team is Matoma, pulled on 11 points with that last second, last minute goal. Keppa got um, 10 points this week. Bruno kind of hurts because I thought about pulling him in a little while ago and he got 10. That's about it. I mean, Kaylor Navas at nine points with force. I mean, he got nine. That may be a pretty good option to look into down the road. I mean, he, is some, he's interesting to me. he uses the dark arts. He does. He's, I bet he's playing Hogwarts Legacy next I bet he is. I want to be. He, he hit that trolley lady with a robotic <laughs> immediately. Crucio. But Sorry. I hope no one stops us there. It's, this is such a big podcast that we're, we're kind of like, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. But never, never mind. Here we go. Um, so at Nottingham Forest, they have a decent run of fixtures. It's a bit patchy. So I think it will be – he'll definitely concede over the next five He is going to get you a lot of saves, though. I do not think from a – perspective of there's some big double game weeks and some blanks coming up probably not the best transfer I think they need yeah but I mean if you want a phone goalkeeper he maybe for a wild card or free hit he might be someone who yeah. makes a weak lineup but I would definitely not recommend him there's Luke with his rational perspective always destroying my ideas yeah, my rational perspective got me a whopping 30 points in game week 20 ha <laughs> Sufferings is indomitably necessary. Ooh. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the pain at the moment. Mm. 
Well, um, like, do you have any ideas about who you're thinking about bringing in, or? Um, so I kind of thought we could maybe go back and forth with ideas here. I'll tell you kind of what okay. I'm thinking I want to bounce it off here. Yeah, go so ahead. In game week 23, we've got a double game week coming up. We have Arsenal playing Brentford and Man City. Mm-hmm. City playing Aston Villa and then Arsenal. Yep. Um, there are some other good matchups throughout the course of the week, but. I really do think targeting those doubles is going to be really interesting because you have two of the prime attacking teams within the league. Um, so I think getting, if not three, two from one side and then three from the other. Um, so I'm kind of yeah. sitting at looking, trying to bring in another city asset and then maybe another Arsenal asset as well. And I, I really would love to get three Arsenal assets because it was just announced today they're going to be doubling in game week 25 playing Leicester and Everton. Which is juicy. Which is like amazing. Sign me up for that one. I kind of think I might go get a. I want to go and get against the mold here, and also probably just double or maybe not triple up on Arsenal defense. That's that's really um. Interesting shout, but hear me out. I don't love it. So they play Brentford and Man City. I don't necessarily expect a clean sheet from that one. But they play Aston Villa, which you could see a clean sheet occurring. Leicester easily could possibly be a clean sheet. Everton, who I would be shocked if they scored against Arsenal. Bournemouth, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Leeds. Yeah. That is an insane run right there where they could easily, you could foresee a clean sheet there. But then, you know, four out of those, what, six? And that would be worth mm-hmm. So, are you thinking about Saliba, Ben White, and Gabriel, or Zinchenko? He's in my squad. Just rambling on. Yeah. Um, so I <laughs> I would save you any day, Luke, but my one idea right now is I think I may bring in Eric Dyer and Jack Grealish. Hmm. Why Eric Dyer? See, I am I'm see I'm well I'm not I'm always indecisive when it comes to FPL, but the thing is about about Tottenham is that I need to bring in another defender and I don't know what teams I really trust and I can't go Arsenal because I already have three. I could go City, but I don't want to play Pep Roulette. And Arsenal, I mean I mean Spurs actually do have, I think a very good run of fixtures. I mean if you look at it, they play Leicester. They play West Ham, Chelsea, yeah. Wolves, Nottingham Forest, Southampton, Everton, and then Brighton and Bournemouth. I mean, that's a run of about seven seven fixtures 
And out of those seven, I could see five clean sheets possibly against these teams they're playing. That is possible, but do you keep in mind that Tottenham has a blank game week in game week 28? There's a possibility. That's fine. By that time, I could probably just transfer him out if I had to. Yeah, yeah, you talked about him. But th- see what I'm I'm going to cut you off Luke, I'm sorry, but I'm going to. It's it scares me the Tottenham because I mean they have so many wingbacks right now. I mean, there's Perisic, there's um he can play both. Perisic, um what's his face? Who's the one that played very good? Royale. Sessegnon, right? I don't know. I, I just don't trust the wing backs. Like I know Eric Dyer's gonna start. I know he's gonna play. He's gonna be in that system. I'm just looking for more guaranteed points on my FPL at this point. But I mean Yeah, I mean, I, I no, I'm not wavering. I'm, I'm really, I just don't want to side a Conte wing back. Like I realize the system he plays and how forward they get, but to me, it's just, it's not, it's not worth the risk of him rotating somebody out. Which I mean, I played with Perisic earlier in the year, and it just, it, it didn't work. Like I got burnt, but I'm also ready to be hurt again. So, we'll see. Bring, bring the pain. Oh. I still do believe he's going to have the week that he just really tears it up. Um, yeah. I think he's really going to start building that confidence and kind of just turn into that player they really think he's going to be. Oh. So, you know, what were you saying? Um, I do agree with your Darwin Nunes point. But I also have an idea to throw out there for you, Luke. So I brought in Mudrick last week. And honestly, I'm not really upset about it. I think he's going to pay out in the long run. I think he's going to be very good for Chelsea. But how do you feel about Jean Felix as a striker? I do not dislike that at all. I think so. They played West Ham, Southampton, Tottenham, and Leeds. And all four of those are matches that you could, especially West Ham and Southampton, and you could see him, you know, getting a goal, maybe a brace. Yeah, I think he could be. I mean, he looked so good in that game before he got the red card. He was easily Chelsea's best player. So you, you kind of have to wonder if they'll try to buy him after the season. But I know that the loans are not included. They better be able to prepare themselves to throw even more money if they want to buy him. I mean, yeah, but they're probably paying a hundred plus. Atleti will try to scalp them for him if they 
if if they're gonna buy him, they're gonna take every dollar they can or euro, whatever. And we know since he's been athletic, his fight skills are top. True. He would thrive in Fight Club. He would. He would. That, but he can't talk about it. Um, yeah, but we're kind of getting off on a tangent here. I think that if they're, you know, to wrap on this, for, for me at least, the main thing here, I think, is to get as many city assets in this week, along with Arsenal. And, I mean, especially with City 2 as well, they have this double coming up, and then in 24 they play nine. 25 they play Bournemouth and then they're probably going to blank in 28 but it is it is a good run of fixtures that you really kind of want to capitalize on and I think I might possibly be wild carding around 28 29 maybe mm-hmm. there could be a lot of doubles coming up yeah 29 must be a big week guys Ben's got it. He's got the juice. List of um, double game weeks, SPL points, um, postponements, blanking double ga- game week schedule. So he is really definitely a great asset for the SPL community. So if you have not heard of him or given him a follow, definitely go and do that. Yeah, he's um, he's a good follow. Check him out. Um. My thought process here is is that we are going into game week 23 after the Leeds United game tomorrow. We go up to game week 38. There's not much time left. I think I'm not telling people to be rash, unpredictable, do everything you want, kind of free-for-all kind of situation. But I think we're at the point where if you're behind in one of your leagues, if in your little in your mini league, and if you want to make up things, Go for solid differentials and see see what you can do. I mean, at this point, I mean, you're kind of playing with house money, right, Luke? I mean, like... I just have to say, before the World Cup, Game Week 16, I got down to an overall rank of 800,000. And since that point in time, 800,000 to 2.9 million. In the second chance league that they started after the World Cup, I am currently ranked 7.2 million overall. Ooh, let me see what mine is. So, for me, frankly, there's not much worse that I can do. My rank's sitting at 3.9 right now. I still, both of us still definitely have shots to end the year on a high note and really kind of finish out with a, with a good end to the season. But right now, it's I'm, I'm trudging through the mud trying to get through it because it's You'll make it, Luke. We'll make it, dude. We 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 we'll make it through, man. Please don't. <laughs> Why am I? The, I'm the positive one right now. What the hell is going on in this podcast? How much? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I once again thank everybody for listening. It's been fun as always discussing this with Luke, and we'll welcome you back next week. Listening this week and have a great rest of your day or night or wherever. Yeah, so thanks for listening. See ya.